The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO, the lending partner with the products, people, and technology to serve your customers and help you grow your business in the best ways possible. It's why they say, at PennyMac, greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is the division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Welcome to The Principal. I'm Mike Savino, head of multimedia for the Mortgage News Network. And today I'm joined by Abhinav Astana. He's head of fintech products at Tavant. Abhinav, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Mike. So I guess just starting things off, obviously, we, you know, we've seen rates going up again for the last month plus after they came down this summer. They're now comfortably up over six. Where do we see things headed from here? Do we think they're going to keep going up? I mean, the, the most important thing to keep in mind is uh, the Fed is trying to look at the overall uh, financial situation of the country. And then so in, in keeping uh, target inflation in sight and, and trying to bring the, the, the economy back on track from an inflation perspective, it is doing what it's supposed to do, raise rates. I think there's other, the other aspect is that uh, we are also dealing with uh, people who did not come back into the workforce post the pandemic. So there's like half a million uh, jobs that, that probably will never get filled because those many people just never showed up back into the work pool. Uh, over the last uh, uh, since we've come out of this whole situation, so there's this, there's the whole uh, labor, uh, you know, demand for goods, consumption, savings, and investment. So if you if you think about the the whole economy, uh, the, the 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 production is a function of how much we consume, how much we save, and how much we invest in, right? And so uh, with the with the current rates, uh, um, the the Fed is trying to drive savings up and lower down consumption and investment in order for us to try to bring inflation into control. And, and, and the real inflation is really, really high at this point in time. Uh, to think about what it really means for consumers is uh, your borrowing rates are very high, but so uh, so you're getting better deposit returns uh, on, on, on savings uh, that you're gonna put in. I just did some random math around uh, where that where that stands. And if you think about a classic mortgage, um, a $500,000 property, you're trained, taking a $400,000 loan, uh, six months or maybe eight months ago, you were looking at 2.875 as your rate on a 30-year you know, uh, AM schedule. Uh, that would mean you would pay $1,660 a month. And in the first three years, uh, you would have paid close to about $33,000 in interest. Now, fast forward uh, to as of this morning, I was looking at rates ranging between 6.369 to 7.114. On both, on, in those two extremes, you're looking at a monthly, same situation, you're looking at a monthly payment of $2,494 to $2,692. So you're between $840 and $1,060 higher than where you would be for the same exact situation last year. 
What it also means in the first three years of, of this, this mortgage loan, the, the average consumer is going to end up paying forty to $50,000 more in interest. So it's really becoming a question of affordability. And uh, uh, the, the other part is that, you know, as we look at this market, as, as we think that this is going to play out for another, you know, 18 to 24 months when the results of this rate hike start showing. And so the Fed will start bringing rates back down. And that's, that's, I mean, right. That's uh, my educated guess at this point in time. Uh, we will create another refi boom in the industry. Uh, I would not discourage anyone from buying a home today. Uh, homeownership is, is, is essential. Um, shelter inflation, as you said, you know, rents are raise, rising to an all time high as well. Uh, you know, if you think about, uh, I, I classify uh, this is in two segments. Right? You have the coasts, and then you have uh, the rest of America, and and you can see the impact. Generally, it's the coasts that get uh, impacted the most. You can see the real impact in the rest of America as well, like the Midwest, the, the South, the Central, and and that part of the equation. And and that's why when I gave that example of um, a half a million dollar home uh, uh, and a four hundred thousand dollar loan, uh, that's that's this that's really the question between paying fifteen hundred dollars in rent for a two bedroom apartment or maybe a one bedroom apartment now in that part of the country to moving to a three and a half four bedroom house uh, and 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 your your payments go from fifteen hundred dollars to twenty four hundred dollars plus taxes and insurance and other things. So uh, for now, I think um, it is it is in in my view an investment that you're making in yourself by paying those additional $40,000, $50,000 in the three years uh, in the interest because uh, the property value is still not declining as they, they should have. Uh, it's start show signs of decline, but you're looking at 5% to 8% decline and maybe in some cases 25% decline, but the rates are arbitrage that you get on that on that is not significantly uh, high. So it makes sense for uh, people who are getting into starter homes to actually start getting into the first time home buying uh, behavior, even at these high rates, I can tell and, you. And we've uh, seen, I'm sorry, uh, we've seen um, just this week, mortgage uh, applications went up after they were coming back down. Do you think part of what's happening is because rates are going back up? Some people are, are as you're talking about, you know, eventually they'll come back down. Let's get in now before they keep going up. Do you think that's, you know, and do you think that that, that rise in applications will continue or is that a maybe a one or two week thing? No, it's, it, it will continue uh, uh, all the way into, I think, about the holiday seasons. And then you will you will start to see the slump again because, you know, again, the part is uh, we're still in active school season. Uh, this is probably the first year after the pandemic that everyone's going back into school. So remote schooling is no longer an option and stuff. So for uh, parents with young kids, uh, they're looking to make that decision right now as to where they want to, uh, you know, uh, live for where the, and where the kids go to school when, when when you were in remote schooling that did not matter as much than it is right now uh, the other part is also to uh, think about the fact that in uh, key uh, uh, regions and zip codes inventory is still low people are opting not to sell but to rent their property out because they they still the thing that they're not going to get the kind of value they would have got six months ago so there's there's a buyer syndrome there's a seller syndrome in this market and then obviously the rates are not going to help but um 
every percentage point or every 75 basis points that the Fed has to raise to bring inflation into control. And then and there is there is there is there is an economic math behind this, right? And, you know, at a point in time when savings and investments become equal, that's where the rate uh, starts to look more real for bringing inflation into control. I think savings are very low at this point in time. They're starting to rise. Investments are still very high. They're starting to uh, decline. So there's a, there's a question that you asked me at the beginning of the podcast. What should fintechs really think about uh, in, 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 in the space? I think because money is expensive, uh, and you think about two different kinds of mortgage ecosystems, right? There's a mortgage ecosystem where you are a bank and have deposits to fund your mortgages. And then you're a non-bank who's relying on a warehouse line to fund the mortgage. So they have a cycle of money issue. So uh, as Fed raises the interest rates, not just the mortgage rates that go up, it's the warehouse line that goes up. The, the interest rate there as well goes up. So if you are in a 35 day cycle on getting your mortgage closed as an average uh, business operations that you're running uh, every day or every three days or five days, you shave off the process. You're saving on that additional basis point. You pay on the warehouse line and the whole cycle time and, and cycle of money. Uh, and that, that uh, in the current scheme of things, that is going to be very important for people to invest in uh, simplifying uh, uh, the origination process and set them up for refinances when they come back in, in maybe 18 to 24 months, because people who are buying now are, are buying with this line of sight that I'm not going to pay this for the rest of my life. I'm going to only pay this for the next two years, three years, and so on. So there is a three-year line of sight that you have today. It, it, you know, it, it kind of uh, goes in the face of uh, what happened in the last two years is the volumes shot through the roof. And there was not enough time for people to make technology investments that could support the demand uh, that we've uh, faced in the last uh, 18 months. Uh, I think people have learned from that. Smart companies have also learned how to consolidate technology people and processes into becoming more efficient and be ready to leapfrog in any market situation, whether it's uh, the, the market right now, when it, if it goes back into the refi. Uh, ecosystem two years, three years from now. So, and then also the fact that there's an opportunity for large players to aggregate and acquire small lenders uh, and, and 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 increase their footprint and get the right kind of you know visibility into the uh, uh, get their brand out there in the markets that they don't exist in today because that's going to be key and paramount to who, who will succeed in the uh, in the in the next two to three year time frame. Also adds value to the borrower, right? Because today I don't think. A borrower is worried about what experience they get while applying for a mortgage. They're worried about where can I shave 10 basis points in my interest rate because it's a it's a, it's a rate race, right? Who's got the best rate? So uh, I think that's that's kind of uh, where I see people investing, uh, you know, in, in either acquisitions uh, that they that can give them the muscle power uh, and the presence to leapfrog, and the second is uh, spending time and money in optimization on the cost side. So how do you optimize cost and how do you effectively maximize return on the net interest gains that you can make? Don't miss the largest regional mortgage show in the nation. The New England Mortgage Expo returns to Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, January 12th and 13th. See us at www.nemortgageexpo.com. Start your year with the best connections in the industry. Dozens of sessions, scores of exhibitors. It's where success is written every hour. www.nemortgageexpo.com. And and what are on on the optimization side? Are there some easy things people can do? Hey, I've been lagging because, as you pointed out, the volume was crazy, and I just overlooked, and and now I need to catch up. 
What are some areas where all of a sudden business is tight? I don't have a ton of money. Here's some quick and inexpensive ways to really get some bang for my buck. Sure. I think uh, uh, there is first of the first obvious choice is to make the right uh, decision between build and buy. Uh, when I say, do you need to build all this technology and automation on your side? Do you can or can you subscribe to something that's out there uh, and that someone is offering to you to try it and test it? Okay, that's one that gives you scale as well. The second part is to really look look at three different ways of of your at your business. One is maximizing revenue, which is through conversion or customer lifetime value. Uh, two is um, uh, optimizing cost, and three is optimizing uh, the business process for efficiencies. Right. So uh, generally, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people start looking at the whole process and say, "Oh, I've got this whole cycle go from app submission to closure is a thirty day cycle for us." You may not be able to crunch the whole thirty days, but look at the fact that am I able to decision faster? Am I able to analyze income faster? Am I able to analyze someone's uh, credit uh, uh, faster? Or am I able to analyze the collateral faster? Uh, Have I got the right kind of partners in my manufacturing process, like the right appraisal companies, the right kind of title and flood cert providers, the right MI companies and so on, uh, so that it helps you create a culture and DNA of growth and sustainability. And so the, the the lowest hanging fruits are choosing the right partners, uh, automating the small pieces that incrementally give value to you as opposed to thinking of automating the whole business. So you can do a, take a piecemeal approach and then combined effect is generally uh, uh, exponentially larger than the sum total of the, of the individual components. Uh, and also look for um, patterns and say, why does a certain loan and a borrower persona behave a certain way and get to closure in 20 days while the rest of the cohort takes 35, 40 days. What can you do to influence behavior on the remaining side to bring them closer to your ideal customer? So this is where you, you start focusing on the customer centricity and employee centricity, the two cent- core uh, elements to the business. Uh, uh, and if, if you think on that, you, you, will be, you will be able to find patterns that help you shift your business closer to the ideal customer and the ideal employee. And then uh, it's, I'm not saying that you don't focus on the other customers, but if a larger and larger cohort of your uh, business moves toward uh, a 20-day process or a 25-day process, you can deal with the 35-day anomalies then because they, they are then anomalies and not the regular business. Uh, the, yeah, yesterday's Fed meeting, uh, Jerome Powell was asked about the, the housing market and he brought up the fact that, you know, as we all saw, it, it was just red hot. Prices got, you get out of control at a, at a rate that was not sustainable. Uh, and he talked about needing to get to a reset and basically everything else needs to catch up to the housing market. Prices sort of need to level off while inflation comes up, while people can afford these prices, all these things to catch up to prices. Is there anything the Fed can do? Obviously, raising the the Fed funds rate doesn't directly drive up mortgage rates, but is there something the Fed can do in this process to try to help speed up this reset? Yeah, I, I think the uh, uh, the focus is primarily on inflation, right? The Fed is focused on uh, the fact that you know your your food, your shelter, your energy cannot be as expensive as it is today, right? You know, if you think about it, uh, I don't know if you've paid attention. Uh, I look at the CPI basket uh, in, in the July raise when it went up nine and nine point one percent. The most expensive things were eggs and dairy uh, uh, and things of that kind, which is kind of essentials in 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 the current ecosystem if you think about how you where you spend your money so housing is 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 equally important and so in 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 either creating subsidies for uh 
lenders to be able to offer. I'm not saying that we go back into quantitative easing and start buying more mortgage-backed securities on the market. We, we know what that does to the industry. But if we can still ensure that there are more federal housing plans that cover a little broader segment of home buyers, today the FHA limits and the, and the conforming mortgages are still much lower than where the price of the home is. So, and most people on the coasts wouldn't qualify for any of these FHA products or uh, uh, the, the the conforming mortgage, and then most and mostly end up in high balance jumbos or non qualified mortgages or or or, or high balance um, jumbo loans. Uh, the Fed can at least ensure that uh, they they cater to the these limits on a dynamic fashion in a dynamic way that, hey, in the current market, if the average home price is A, B, C, D, E in these different kinds of regions and zones, then the limits also change based on that. As, uh, in, uh, and that and that that needs to be not right now be a, uh, a periodic process with higher frequency. Like we should be adjusting that on a six month basis or more so it should be aligned with the rate hike. So if the Fed decides to raise rates by 75 basis points, can they also look at uh, whether conforming limits for uh, home loans increase up in the same in the same proportion, so that more people can still afford to buy homes. Right now, the challenge is that um, as the rates go up, people are struggling to keep within the confinements of uh, uh, the conforming uh, uh, lending limits and 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 the FHA limits that they they can apply to. So it sounds like you're saying instead of doing this piecemeal where the Federal Reserve changes monetary policy and everyone else is sort of doing this in conjunction with. Hey FHA, we're going to do this. So you might want to think about doing this in response. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Abhinav, uh, thank you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no I was saying that you know it's, it's it, these are interesting times, and so uh, the 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 way to look at uh, some of these things is in conjunction with the broader uh, ecosystem. Like, what should HUD be doing? What should FHFA do? It do what? How how are USDA uh, and FHA rules currently aligned. If you're looking at a reset for the housing market, then reset just cannot be, oh, let's set the reset the prices. It also means resetting, uh, uh, as I said, the, the the conforming limits, the FHA limits, uh, the down payment assistance and things like that. And like, are we st- going to uh, still continue requiring 20% down payment uh, uh, and uh, before mortgage insurance kicks in? Like, If the Fed is uh, backing the, the 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 growth and sustainability of the of the economy they should be backing the home ownership as, aspects of the economy as well i mean housing food and sh- uh, uh, and clothing are the three most important things for any yeah it's hard anybody. to survive so, without that stuff i <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining me thank you so much we'll have the rest of your headlines right after this word this podcast was brought to you by penny mac tpo Visit tpo.pennymac.com to learn more about becoming a partner and starting your journey to greatness. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Here's the rest of your headlines for today, September 23rd. We're seeing a mixed bag when it comes to delinquencies and foreclosures. On the plus side, we saw drops of roughly 4% each in the number of mortgages with one mispayment, those going into delinquency, and those in serious delinquency. Home prices increased 1% over the last two weeks after 11 weeks of decline, even though mortgage rates soared past 6%. This bucks the trend we normally see, which is prices dropping as rates rise.
This has been The Principle, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Kutamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygates. You can find episodes of The Principle at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.